Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hello, Daddy. I'm doing pretty good. Big Joe's up in the sky now, now that we're doing our slow transition to video. We'll be up uh, a couple weeks, I hope, uh, folks, on on the video. We just want to make it perfect. Joe is a perfectionist, so is Paula. So we want to make sure it's right. Hey, a big thank you last night to everybody who showed up in Palm Beach County at the uh, Palm Beach County. Club. I, I spoke at the Trump Club last night, folks. Uh, you all are the best. I, I have the greatest audience in the world. I mean, you all are... Uh you're just amazing. Uh, I, I I was uh, floored. So, Joe, I expected a couple hundred people to show up at the event last night. Um, and thanks to the uh, work of uh, Linda, Marion, Joe, uh, Larry, Sue, and all the club members over there that put this Trump Club event together, mm-hmm. um, about 2,000 people showed up. Whoa. <laughs> I'm not kidding. The pictures on Twitter and Instagram for you to check out. Uh, I was floored. So thank you for your support. It meant a lot. Uh, I'll try to get, if I get the speech, I, I spoke about Spygate last night. If I get the speech, I'll try to throw it up on our YouTube channel. So thank you to everyone. We sold a ton of books last night as well. You all are really terrific. All right, I've got some just... more explosive stuff today on this case, including some pieces, some older pieces by Devin Nunes that are going to shed light on what's really going on here. And folks, why this collusion hoax? It's not, I I put this in big letters. This is way bigger than the collusion hoax. This is a huge, enormous, monstrous scandal about Obama's team spying on the Trump team. It's not just about collusion or just Russia. And I've got some older clips from Devin Nunes. We'll put through the translator, Joe, and that will explain this entire (laughs) thing. It's going to blow you away today. Also got a new piece by the Epoch Times, which is just uh, amazing. Hey, today's show brought to you by our buddies at stamps.com. You want a New Year's resolution you can actually keep? Stop going to the post office to send letters and packages waiting on long lines when you don't have to. Save time and money this year by using Stamps.com instead. Stamps.com brings all the amazing services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your computer. This is so easy to use, folks. You don't have to wait on any lines. You will save money. There is no reason for you not to use Stamps.com if you engage in any type of mailing. Stamps.com is the faster and more convenient way to get postage. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. Postal postage for any letter, package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send, and the mail carrier picks it up. No more lugging mail to the post office, no more lines, no more hassles. Stamps.com not only saves you time, it saves you money too. With Stamps.com, you get discounted postage rates. That's right. You'll save money and you don't have to wait on lines. Not to mention it's a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. And there's no equipment to lease and no long-term contracts. Folks, it's convenient. It's reliable. This is efficient. Stamps.com. No reason not to use it. Go check them out. I use Stamps.com because I need we mail a lot of books and items from my house. It saves us a lot of time and a lot of money. It is so easy to use, too. And right now, you, too, can enjoy the Stamps.com service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale. So start your new year off right. Go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage. This is important. And type in Dan, D-A-N. That's Stamps.com. Go to the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Dan. Get this for a four-week trial. Go check it out. You won't regret it. They're terrific. Stamps.com. All right. So 
folks, obviously what's starting to break now, if you listen to yesterday's show, which did very well, um, is the the, uh, the the whole scandal here that's being covered up in the whole Mueller probe is the scandal about the Obama administration using their executive powers to spy on their political opponents. This is the big scandal. I think this is obvious at this point. But I think this is getting lost in the complexity of a very complex case at times um, because there's so many different players and so many different intricacies that when you go down one path, you almost get lost down the rabbit hole. I noticed that last night giving this speech that, you know, Joe, you know how it is. You want to talk about Mike Flynn? We could talk about Mike Flynn for an hour. Yeah. The Logan Act, Sally Yates, all this stuff. But I guess the point of today's show is going to be, again, to bring it back out to a bird's eye view and explain to people that this is really about the most significant, catastrophic, and you know, near apocalyptic at points, weaponization of the government to spy on an opposition political camp. And I say that because if this standard is not widely rebuked by people on both sides of the party, where the, the republic is lost, folks. We will have fully weaponized the IC and law, and law enforcement communities to attack political opponents whenever some president deems it necessary. Now, I want to play for you a cut from Devin Nunes. This is back in March of 2017. He's on with CNN on Wolf Blitzer, and I strongly encourage you to listen to the whole interview. It's on YouTube. I'm going to play to you two important takeaways. And Nunes explains something that I think addresses why this, you know, supposed New York Times bombshell came out on Friday. The bombshell story, of course, on Friday by the New York Times, if you listen to yesterday's show, was that... The FBI had opened a counterintelligence investigation into President Trump, the president, not candidate, not president-elect, Joe, President Trump, because they thought he may have been a Russian agent. Again, I said to you during yesterday's show that this is a reflection on the FBI's unbelievably poor judgment or incredible malfeasance to engage in a political attack on a sitting president because they didn't just like him. They can't have it any other way. Mm. Now, what's the FBI covering? What they're covering is going to be obviously their role in a massive spying scandal on the president of the United States where collusion and the Russian component of it was just a simple angle. Now, how do I know this? I want you to listen to this first cut. Again, this is Nunes. Let me give you a little bit of background. Devin Nunes, who's the Republican congressman from California, who is intimately read in on all the details of this case. He's talking to Wolf Blitzer after Nunes had gone over to the White House in March of 2017 to look at some documents presented by a whistleblower. Joe, this is important. This is critical. Mm -hmm. Why did Nunes go over to the White House? Because, folks, documents within the intelligence community are siloed. Many of them, not all of them, depending on the classification level. They obviously are not going to be sent over email. Joe, if I listen, as the audience ombudsman, if this gets confusing at any point, stop me, okay? These emails are very sensitive. This information is very sensitive. Mm-hmm. They cannot, it cannot be sent over regular email systems. So it's siloed and individual computers not connected to the open internet. For you to see the information that was present in that certain branch, CIA, DIA, the White House, whatever it may be, you have to physically go there on those computers and see it. Nunes had gone over to the White House after Trump was elected in March Excuse me, after the inauguration in January, but he goes over in March after a director of national intelligence is is, uh, finally confirmed. A whistleblower comes out, I guess, when he feels he can be he's safe now because Trump has a director of national intelligence. The whistleblower comes out and tells Nunes, come over to the White House complex. I want to show you some really troubling documents about some things that may have been seen or done within the White House. Of course, the media loses their minds and says, Nunes went over to the White House to coordinate with Trump the damage control. That's not what any of this is about. 
So Wolf Blitzer from CNN has him on and tries to take that angle with Nunes about, hey, the optics of this didn't look good. And this is one of Nunes's responses to what went on over there while he was on the White House. This is very critical with regards to Friday's report. Uh, there is no way uh, for the folks that I had been working with to actually to, to bring this forward to light. There was no way I could view that because they couldn't get it to the House Intelligence Committee. Now, we have requested on March 15th, uh, we sent a letter over to uh, the appropriate intelligence agencies asking that they provide us uh, for all the Americans' names that were unmasked in November, December, and January, actually going back to June. Uh, and so we're hopeful that we're going to begin to get through those, uh, that, those, uh, those documents, uh, those names. Uh, we think that the NSA is uh, providing uh, the information sometime this week. It'll take our investigators a while to go through it. But the bottom line is this, is that we have to protect the identities of Americans who are picked up in incidental collection, no matter who that is. It's one of the most important roles uh, of the House Intelligence Committee. Uh, we are uh, supposed to be doing uh, oversight. Folks, do you understand what he just said? Listen to Nunes. This is from last year. Again, employ the Nunes translator for a moment to understand how this fits into the story on Friday. The FBI is engaged in a massive CYA operation right now as of last Friday. Mm -hmm. As of Friday, they know they're going to be exposed for their role in spying on President Trump and President-elect Trump. How do I know that? Joe, what did you just hear in that clip? Nunes gave out a three-month period. Yeah. That he suspects there was massive unmasking. In other words, unmasking, the unmasking of identities of Trump people who were be their phone calls were being listened to and their their email traffic. They were being spied on. Yep. He gives a period where he talks about how this was really troubling. What's the dates he says, Joe? November, December, and January. What is November, December, and January? That's the transition period while Trump's the president-elect. What does that tell you? Barack Obama loses the election or in a panic. In the November, December, and January period, they engage in an unprecedented doubling and tripling down of this massive spying operation on the Trump team. Now, you may say, oh, okay. Liberals, I know you're listening. You go, well, it clearly had something to do with the fact that the FBI, as they said on Friday, suspected that there was Russian collusion. Follow me. This is critical. This is the folks there. This is the I'm telling you, this is the biggest scandal of our lifetime. The liberal excuse and the New York Times narrative as of Friday and the FBI DOJ narrative is going to be, well, our bad. I told you the Nelson Muntz excuse from yesterday. <laughs> My bad. We screwed up. We thought he was colluding with the Russians. Listen to part two of this interview from March of 2017. Nunes already has seen all this stuff, why they were spying on the Trump team. Listen to what he says about the Russians and the spying effort. He went over to the White House to take a look at the documents on. Listen to what he says about how it's not related to the Russians. This is critical. Play that cut. What I will say, and be, and I'll be, you know, as clear as I can on this, it bothered me as somebody who supports our national security apparatus. It bothered me that this level of information would be included in intelligence reports because it just wasn't necessary from my point of view. Were the legal, calls, legal or not? Were the calls in question, uh, the transition team calls? Uh, that uh, individuals were unmasked. Were they involving foreign governments intercepted by U.S. Yeah, intelligence I mean, or discussions by foreign governments about calls they may have had with Trump officials? I'm, I'm, I can't get into that because, as you know, a lot of what we do is, is classified in nature. But I will say that it had absolutely nothing to do with Russia. All the reports I saw had nothing to do with Russia, which is why I thought it was completely appropriate 
uh, for me to uh, the next day uh, to go and talk to the president about this and why I thought it was why I thought this needed his attention. And look, we had been asking the we already suspected this. I mean, I had people who had already told me this existed. Uh, and we've been asking the agencies since March 15th to, to provide us the names that were unmasked. Folks, <laughs> do you understand what's going on? Why this Friday story is so damaging? The Friday story is so damaging from the FBI because the FBI is desperate to turn back to this narrative, Joe. There are no good narratives for the Bureau now. They've been busted for their role in a massive spying scandal on political opponents. Mm. Okay, period. Just put a period at the end of that sentence and digest that first. Mm -hmm. Because this is a complicated case. I saw it in the eyes of the crowd last night as I spoke to this crowd. They love the speech, but a lot of people who are new to the Spygate controversy, I think, got lost in it. And I may have gotten a little too complicated. Um, this is uh, this it's about the Obama team spying on political opponents. No different than if I was running against Joe Armacost for president and he told the FBI, go spy on me and tell me what's going on. Yeah. The excuse for the spying later. Please, Joe, tell me this makes oh, sense. We're good. The ex- OK, the excuse for the spying later was going to be the insurance policy that, oh, we did it because we thought we had information that Trump was a Russian agent, which they backfilled with the dossier and a bunch of nonsense garbage. This is not about Russia. This is about spying. That's why my book is called Spygate, Spygate, Spygate. This is about spying. Please understand that. That is what this whole case is about. The FBI's leak to the New York York Times on Friday about how they were investigating Trump for being a Russian agent has nothing to do with Russia. It is a simple Nelson Muntz excuse for to cover for their role in a massive operation that Devin Nunes had already exposed, by the way, in March of 2017 after Trump was inaugurated and was president for a few months. He's already told us the whole story. Listen to the whole interview. It's 14 minutes long. Um, I'll, you know what? I'll try. Let me take a note. I'll try to find the link and actually put it in the show notes today. It's about 14 minutes. The interview. Um, forgive me. I should have thought to do that beforehand. But those are the key takeaways that this had nothing to do with Russia. Nunes has already seen the documents on the White House grounds, meaning, folks, it was highly likely that Barack Obama himself was read in on the spying scandal. Does this make sense? Please go. Please tell me it does. It does. Obama, it, or else why would Nunes be at the White House? He's clear as day in part one of that, that the information he needed to see was only present at the White House. Why would information only be present at the White House? Because it was needed by the president of the United States or his team, which clearly was marshalling this spying scandal. Part two, just as critical. This had nothing to do with Russia. In other words, the Obama team was listening in on the Trump team throughout the transition period. And earlier, by the way, he says November, December, January, Joe. But then he says all the way back to June. Remember that? That's in that first clip, too, if you want to rewind it and listen. Meaning during the election and the transition, a massive spying operation was going on that was being pipelined right into the Oval Office. This is the scandal. Now, does yesterday's show make sense? I mean, yesterday's show stands alone. You don't need today's show to get it. No. But the, the FBI clearly is leaking this because this some of this is about to come out. Some of this is about to come out either in the form of the unredacted FISA documents, the IG report, or where I'm going to go next. The scope memo. Now, 
employing Nunes Translator uh, uh, Phase 2. Phase two, Nunez Trim. <laughs> Joe, we need like liners from you. Like in your ro- automaton robot voice. Phase two, <laughs> Nunez Trim. Initiate phase two. Nunez, uh, Congressman Nunez was on Fox and Friends this morning. He always drops breadcrumbs. You just have to know how to pick them up and eat them and make a loaf of bread out of it. And what did he say on Fox and Friends this morning? He said, I, I'm sorry, I couldn't get it because right before we came up on the air, um, and I figured it's just easier for me to just uh, translate it for you anyway. Nunes said, Joe, you know, we yeah. really need to get a look at the scope memo. So remember, keep in mind what I'm talking about. There are clearly documents getting ready to drop that are going to be horrifying for the FBI. Clearly. This is now obvious. I believe it's the FISA. I believe it's going to be... Uh, not just the FISA, the, the unredacted FISA, the IG report, the inspector general report and the FBI's actions during this whole debacle and the scope memo. What's the scope memo? Why does this matter? And why would Nunes drop that today? The scope memo is a, a critical piece of this whole puzzle to uncover this massive spying operation that had nothing to do with Russia. Russia is a cover for the spying operation. The scope memo. When when Bob Mueller, Joe, was appointed by Rod Rosenstein as a special counsel to investigate Trump Mm -hmm. back in May of 2017 Mm -hmm. after the firing of Jim Comey. The initial memo that we can see is a a memo indicating that Mueller's charged with investigating basically Russian interference in the election and anything that offshoots from that. There was another memo, an expanded memo issued a bit later from that, an expansion of the scope of Mueller's investigation, known by Nunes and others as the scope memo. You tracking, Joe? Mm -hmm. Joe, go investigate Russian collusion. You probably come back and said, hey, Dan, I think I've got some more stuff. So what did Rosenstein do? He issues a new memo expanding the scope of the investigation. It's called the scope memo. That is classified, and the DOJ has been hell-bent, to say the least, on keeping this thing hush-hush, quiet, and away from the public eye. And the answer is, why? What are they so worried about? What did Rosenstein give Mueller permission to look into after that? I've got two potential options for you here and why this relates to this massive cover-up of the spying operation that was being pipelined into the White House. First, the scope memo may... Number one, and this is the least likely of the scenarios, the scope memo, in other words, Rosenstein telling Mueller what to go investigate in addition to the initial stuff, may contain components of the dossier that was already debunked at that point. Now, why would this be damaging and why would the DOJ want to hide this? Joe, because it's now May of 2017, excuse me, around, uh, I think that the scope memo, expanded scope memo is issued around August. It's months after that. It's now the following year after the dossier, it's already been discredited. So the scope memo may be trouble for the DOJ because they tell Mueller, oh, go ahead, do more of what you need to do. And we're basing it on what? We're basing it on this crappy dossier that was already debunked a year ago. You get it, Joe? That's, that may be why the scope, but I doubt it. That's the least likely scenario, but I want to put that out there. Mm-hmm. The second scenario, which is deeply, deeply troubling and why they are so desperate to cover up what Mueller's doing. Is Mueller investigating, quote, Trump team's foreign contacts? In other words, Joe, don't you find it awfully odd 
that a lot of the investigation now with the Mueller team, as I described in the show, remember two, three weeks ago, Joe, where I said that the Mueller team has now done a U-turn, and I knew this a few weeks ago, mm-hmm, but after mm-hmm. this morning, I was, I yeah. was, remember this conversation? I was, I was uh, renewed in my interest to talk about it. A few weeks ago, I told you Mueller's team's been doing a U-turn lately, away from Russian collusion and on to Middle Eastern collusion. Apparently, some social media company with contacts to the Middle East wanted to help the Trump team with their social media operation. By the way, an offer they turned down. Why would the initial memo we saw charge Mueller? We all seen this one from Rosenstein. Go investigate Russian collusion. But the expansion be classified if Mueller was just doing Russian collusion when we know he's not. It's already leaked to the media that they're looking into Trump's ties with Middle Eastern countries, too. This is all nonsense, by the way. This is all crap. It's all made up garbage by Mueller to keep the attention on Trump. In other words, folks, it's pretty clear what's in the scope memo, and this is why I believe option two is so devastating and why the scope memo is such trouble, because the scope memo, Joe, clearly, I believe at this point, charges Mueller, gives Mueller the authority I should be more precise in my mm-hmm. language. Gives Mueller the authority to investigate all of Donald Trump's relationships with foreign contacts. But Joe, what would Rosenstein be basing that off? Maybe a spying operation that occurred within the White House during the transition, mm-hmm. whereas Nunes told Wolf Bletzer they were listening in on Trump's contacts with foreign governments. Oh, boy. Wow. That's really bad. That one's going to sting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> now do you understand why I pulled that Nunes clip in the beginning? Yeah. It's not like we were running out. I have a ton of content. Mm. I haven't even got to the shutdown trap or the Epoch Times piece uh, today, which is just devastating. Now do you understand why I pulled that? Oh, let, let me make this simple for the liberals, because I, I, I know sometimes you have a really tough time with facts and data penetrating the skulls. I get it. Let me make this super easy for you. Obama, spy. Trump team, Trump team, elected president. This very bad for Obama team. Obama team cover tracks. Hire Bob Mueller, former Obama team uh, loyalist. Hire Mueller. Use Mueller. Investigate Trump for foreign contacts. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? <laughs> it's as simple as that. This is what's happening. This is what they're covering up. And they have to get it back to the Russian collusion narrative. People within the FBI to cover their tracks because there's no good options for them now. Their role in this spying scandal has been uncovered. They need to come back and clear their tracks. All right, I'm going to just wrap this up for you in a second and move on because there's so much, uh, there's so many stories out today. I don't want to spend too much time on one specific thing. I have an unbelievable story in the show notes today, by the way, from the Epoch Times, which I'll get to in a second, which you really, really need to check out about the the uh, the whole genesis of this whole thing. It's just so disgusting. All right, today's show brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Brickhouse Nutrition makes the finest nutritional supplements on the market. I'm proud to have them as a sponsor. They've been with me from the beginning. Their supplements are amazing. Uh, one of my favorites is Field of Green. My whole family loves it. My wife loves it. My mother-in-law, my kids, I love it. What is it? Field of Greens is a fruit and vegetable. Uh, It's food, basically. Ground up, high quality, nutritious fruits and vegetables we all need for the life-enhancing abilities, improve the quality of your life, your cognitive abilities, your immune system. Everybody knows we're supposed to eat large quantities of fruits and vegetables. We were designed to eat these life-enhancing compounds in there, and yet a lot of us don't. Why? 
Some of us think it's tough to prepare. It's tough to buy. They're perishable. I have the solution for you. Pick up a jar of Field of Greens today. You'll never feel better. It is real food, folks. This isn't some crappy pill. It's not some garbage leftover stuff that they threw into. This is high quality fruits and vegetables ground up into a fine tasting powder. You can add it to water. You can add it to a protein shake. You can add it to juice. You can add it to green tea like I do. You, you, I take two scoops a day. You will never feel better. It is your fruit and vegetable insurance for a long, healthy life. Eat your fruits and vegetables. If you can't, if even if you do, like I eat a lot of them anyway, this is still my insurance. I take it every day. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up a jar of Field of Greens today. You will not regret it. It is a wonderful product. You will never feel better. I, I, I haven't, thankfully, knock on wood, I haven't been sick in forever for this stuff. So go give it a shot. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up a jar of Field of Greens today. Okay. Um, you know, for continuity, because I want to get to the shutdown trap too, I'm going to talk about this Epoch Times piece today because it relates to what we we're just talking about. Just in sum, this is a spying scandal. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm furious and you should be too. People have to get taken out in handcuffs. I'm sorry. Either the laws have to change, we have to investigate. And when I say handcuffs, I don't mean, Joe, what liberals are doing, right? I mean, we actually have to use the law. There were clearly, it was a spying operation on the Trump team by the Obama team. Felony leaks of information were made to people out there in the media. We already know this. Mm -hmm. The media was then used to get a special counsel appointed where the same information they were spying on the Trump team in their contacts with foreign governments was used to foster a narrative for impeachment for Donald Trump to cover the very same scandal I just mentioned, the spying on of the Trump team. This is clear as day. There were felony leaks. It's time for handcuffs. People have to get arrested, folks. I'm serious. The people involved in this have to be, lose their jobs. They have to lose their pensions. There can be no legal mercy on them. Because if this doesn't stop, the republic as we know it is dead. The time for patience and mercy is over. There is no mercy. Because there's been no mercy extended to people on the Trump team for process crimes that even the FBI admitted some of them didn't commit. Notably Mike Flynn and the deception portion to the FBI. People need to come out in handcuffs. The time is now. This is an outrageous scam. Outrageous. As I said yesterday, with all due respect, to, I met a, I met a, a person, I'm not going to say a lady or, or a gentleman, last night at the book signing, former FBI agent, thanked me for everything I was doing. Again, reflected on the fact that the rank and file agents of the FBI did not know about this, folks. You, I keep getting these emails. Why didn't someone at the agency level, at the, at the field office level in the FBI stop this? Guys, ladies, because they didn't know. This case was contained within the upper level management of the FBI. Please tell me. I'm not I'm not telling you the FBI is all full of saints. There's, of course, every agency has bad actors. The Secret Service had bad actors, too, when I worked there. I'm telling you the actors I worked with over there were patriots and loved the country. It is not virtue signaling. It's a fact. They did not know. This case was held in the upper ranks of the FBI amongst a bunch of anti-Trump idiots who need to be dragged, get their... You know the word. Yeah. Butts dragged out in handcuffs if they were involved in these felony leaks. The time is now. So the Epic, uh, the Epoch Times, excuse me, has a, just a stunning piece. Uh, it's going to be in the show notes. This is one of those absolutely must-read pieces that just conveys some just incredible information. Here's the gist of it. 
Christopher Steele, who they had been using to reinforce this Russian narrative. Remember, the Russian collusion narrative, ladies and gentlemen, is just an excuse to cover up the spying operation on Donald Trump. That is it's as simple as that. But they needed the Russian collusion narrative to set, especially after Trump was in the Oval Office and fired Jim Comey because they all thought Comey would protect him. Comey's gone. And now they know they're all going to be exposed. So panic sets in in the FBI after Jim Comey. Just put yourself in those boardrooms at the FBI when this is going on, Joe. The Bureau has been involved at the upper levels. Andy McCabe, Peter Stroke, Bill Prystep, Jim Comey. Lisa Page, Jim Baker. They've been involved in a massive spying scandal on a presidential candidate, now president of the United States. Their leader, Jim Comey, an anti-Trump ideologue who hates Trump and can't seem to do anything right, Joe, has just been fired. The, 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 uh, the, 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 the anti-swamp, the, the exterminator for swamp rats, Donald Trump is in office and they're in a panic. So in the days after the Comey firing, Joe, you see this flurry of activity. That's when the alleged conversation with Rod Rosenstein, where they want to wire up to get Trump on tape to invoke the 25th Amendment to remove allegedly um, remove him from office because he's mentally incompetent. Yeah, that's when all of this happens, Joe. But the Epoch Times exposed something devastating in an exclusive report they had yesterday. They got the, how how they're getting their whole their their mitts on this uh, on the testimony of these people, Joe. I have no idea. Bruce Orr and Lisa Page, but they got a hold of some Bruce Orr testimony where uh, Bruce Orr, the DOJ official who's working to pipeline all this information about the fake Russian collusion into the FBI. Mm-hmm. That day, in the days following the Comey firing, Joe, the FBI tried to reconnect with Christopher Steele. <laughs> we. You may say, oh, wow, that was an anticlimactic setup. No, 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 no. It's only anticlimactic if, if, if you miss what I just said. Christopher Steele, the author of the fake dossier with the Russia information, had already been terminated by the FBI six months earlier and deemed, quote, not suitable for use because Christopher Steele's information couldn't be verified and he was leaking information to the press, just like I said yesterday. The Obama spying operation, spy on the Trump team, leak it to the press, use your foreign intelligence sources to instill this narrative about Trump-Russia, use it to cover up our spying operation. Think about how devastating this revelation is. Bruce Orr was asked by the FBI, according to this report, to reconnect with Christopher Steele by bureau agents after he'd been terminated by the bureau, deemed not suitable for use. Let me read this to you. This is Orr's testimony that uh, it's in the piece in, up on the hill. On one of the occasions when I talked to the FBI, this is Orr, to tell them that I got a call from Chris Steele, they said, oh, next time you talk with him, can you ask him if he's willing to, willing to meet with us? And I conveyed this back to Steele. The question from the, they don't say which congressman's questioning him, Joe. Here, listen to the question. After he'd been terminated or correct? Folks. What? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do you understand how devastating this revelation is? The Bureau's own debunked source, they themselves had deemed not suitable for use. They are now asking Bruce Orr, 
who is who is the acting as like the handler for Christopher Steele after he'd been terminated to reconnect with him after the firing of Comey, telling you what? They got desperate, Joe. Comey'd been fired. They realized they'd talked. They realized they realized the Russian narrative hadn't done what they thought it was going to do. It hadn't gotten Trump to resign in his first few days of office. They didn't at this point have what they needed to do for an impeachment. So what do they do? They go back to the well again. Listen, nobody's accusing these people of being smart, okay? This is one of the dumbest things I have ever seen. This is the, the hubris here is so incredibly it, it this is beyond stupid. Yeah. Folks, it gets worse. Steele gets back to them. Oh, this is this is <laughs> now, for those of you who don't understand spy speak, I'm going to read something to you. It's said in coded language, and I want you to figure it out. Joe, you too. I think you'll get this pretty right. quickly, right? This is a Q&A again, same committee, where a congressional, a, a congressman, they don't say who it is, the questioner's asking or about his communications with Steele at the request of the FBI. So I want to be clear because it's in a little spy speak, but I think it's pretty obvious what he's talking about. They want or to reconnect with Steele, the FBI. After Comey's been fired, they're desperate. They need something about Russia, even if it's fake, just like the dossier, even after Steele's been fired. So the questioner is reading a response from Steele to Bruce Orr's request to reconnect. And he says, talking about Steele, I talked with my wife. I'm in. He then says, you say, thanks, we'll let you know, and we will follow up. Or acknowledges, yes, that's basically what was said. And he says, talked with my wife. I'm in. Ladies and gentlemen, you think Christopher Steele? Uh, Joe, yo, well, let, me, let me just ask you a quick question. Were, were you a spy at any point? Did you work for the Central Intelligence Agency? And. Um- not nothing I can talk about, Dan. No, no. no uh, but you wouldn't admit to it on the show if you did anyway. No. But but for for the sake of the show, right. you did not. You were not a spy. You have no experience in intelligence matters. I've but you are an intelligent guy. Never been a spy, Dan. So yeah, okay, cool. Never. So I'm just going to ask you a basic question here. Nah. Do you really believe a former spy, Christopher Steele, a former MI6 uh-huh. agent, Christopher Steele, who was an uh, was a spy for the United Kingdom, who's now working in the private market, working for the Hillary Clinton team, Mm -hmm. but still has significant context. Do you really believe when he's asked to re-engage by the FBI after being fired by the FBI Mm. as a discredited source, do you really believe he's sitting down with dinner asking permission from his wife? Oh, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Joe, who do you think he's asking for permission from? I'm just 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 uh, throw a guess out there. Somebody higher than him. Somebody working along with him. Somebody that he Maybe someone in the okay. British government? Maybe somebody in the British government. Yes, oh. yes, you would be right, oh. Producer Joe. Oh. Folks, listen. This is Christopher Steele is obviously not talking to his wife about this. No. This is obviously really bad. The, the, the eagle has landed. <laughs> Spy speak. This is really awful spy speak for Christopher Steele trying to gather permission from his handlers in the United Kingdom to re-engage on a matter he's already been terminated on for his lack of credibility. Now do you understand why the United Kingdom 
The Brits are so worried about the unredacted FISA warrants and all of the paperwork Trump has seen. It is clear as day the United Kingdom was likely intimately involved right now, or at a minimum, people connected to the intelligence community in the United Kingdom in reengaging against the president after he was president of the United States. These are supposed to be friendlies. These are supposed to be our allies. These are supposed to be our buddies. Do you see how bad this is? Now, after November, now, keep in mind, just to keep a track of this timeline, how bad this is. Bruce Orr is dealing with Christopher Steele. Steele is passing information to Bruce Orr, the number four person in the Justice Department. Orr's wife works at Fusion GPS, the same company that hired Christopher Steele to develop this uh, fake dossier information. Steele is fired by the Bureau November 1st. I can't say this, this date enough because it's so important. November 1st, 2016, Steele is terminated because they find out he's been leaking to the media. He's part of this operation to tar and feather Trump in the media. Orr reconnects with Steele. And in order, this is after November 1st, Joe, in order to hide Steele's role in the production of information after November 1st. Why, Joe? Because he's just been fired by the (laughs) FBI. What do they do? In one of the dumbest moves I've ever seen in my life, they bring Steele back in, but they give him an FBI handler. Or that is, who's getting the information from Steele. In other words, if Steele shuttles the information through Orr, it almost is like money laundering. It's information laundering. We can just say we got it from the Department of Justice and Bruce Orr. Orr is given a handler, an agent by the name of Joe Pianca. Remember the names. Why does that name sound familiar? Joe Pianca. What, now, I'm not suggesting Joe Pianca is a bad guy in all of this because I'm not so sure Pianca is not a whistleblower himself. So I want to be careful on this. Pianca, Joe Pianca. You remember that name, folks? Oh, the same guy who interviewed Mike Flynn at the White House in that infamous interview with Peter Stroke. You see how this was a small group of people involved in the FBI? Now I remember. It's the same people who keep creeping up everywhere. Pianca's handling Orr, who's handling Steele after he's been terminated to wash the information through the DOJ. Now, even worse, Pianca is talking to Orr about Steele's information for months. Joe, this goes on till the following year after he's been fired, Steele. But it gets really weird after May of 2017. So May of 2017, a half a year after Steele's been fired, they're still getting information from Steele Debunked dossier author through or washed through the DOJ into the FBI to target Trump while Trump is the president. This is documented in FBI 302s, FBI generated paperwork that they, that Pianca had filled out, Joe, summaries of their interviews with or about Steele's information. But here's where it gets really freaky deaky. After May of 2017, Orr acknowledges that he still had meetings with Pianca. 
But Joe, the FBI write-ups of those meetings suddenly stop. There's no record. It reminds me of the Ren and Stimpy uh, Land of the Left Socks <laughs> episode. Where they go, nobody knows. Nobody knows where the 302s are and why they weren't filled out. Why did they stop putting down on paper in May of 2017 their interviews with Orr about their use of a fired, terminated FBI asset to gather information on Trump? I don't have a hard answer, folks, but I have a big speculative one for you that the heat got a little much and they realized they were leaving a massive paper trail. Somebody at the Bureau must have realized that they were putting down on paper the words of a terminated source, they themselves had terminated, deemed not suitable for use, to spy on the President of the United States. It's the only thing that makes sense. Why did they stop documenting these interviews? Orr's acknowledged the interviews happened after May. Keep in mind, the ones from November to May shouldn't have happened at all. The ones that were documented, he'd already been fired, Steele. Folks, please read the Epoch Times piece today. It is absolutely uh, horrifying. It really is. Uh, it's well done. It's long. It'll take you about 10 minutes to get through. But it lays out this whole horrifying timeline. We're in a rough spot, folks. But the time for handcuffs is now. I don't care about the media pressure. I know this has to be done right. I believe in actual justice, not liberal justice. But this was clearly a significantly coordinated scandal between the media, the Obama administration spying on the Trump team, senior leaders of our political, State Department, bureaucratic community, law enforcement community, our intelligence community, Brennan, some CIA folks who were involved, and others, to information launder information into the FISA court, never through official channels, to spy on the President of the United States and presidential candidate Donald Trump. People have to come out in handcuffs. It is time. No more nonsense. All right, I want to get to this shutdown trap. This is a really great piece. Uh, someone on the inside of the White House put out a piece, Joe, uh, uh, anonymously speaking, saying they were a senior official. I have no reason to doubt them at the Daily Caller. Mm -hmm. And uh, the piece is just, uh, <laughs> it's pretty damning how Trump is setting them all up again. They, again, what do I tell you, Joe, every time? They always downplay Trump. Oh, he's such an idiot. He's a buffoon. Um, okay. I'll get to that in a second. Hey, today's show also brought to you by our friends at Bravo Company Manufacturing. Ladies and gentlemen, they are some of the finest rifle builds on the market. I spoke to them the other day on the phone. I got their company history. It is incredible. These were professional operators who got tired of second-rate firearms. They got tired of it. They wanted to build rifles to the standards to the standards of the professionals out there in the field who sadly have to use these things every day in the defense of liberty and the defense of their own lives. Owning a rifle is an awesome responsibility and building rifles is no different. It was started in a garage Bravo company manufacturing by a Marine veteran more than two decades ago. Uh, BCM for short builds a professional grade product, which is built to combat standards. This is an amazing rifle. Um, incredible. I'll post some Instagram pictures of the one they said you're, you're going to be blown away by. It. This is because BCM believes the same level of protection should be provided to every American, regardless if they are a private citizen or a professional. BCM is not a sporting arms company. Design, engineer, manufacture life-saving equipment. 
They always assume when a rifle leaves their shop, it will be used in a life or death situation, God forbid, by a responsible citizen, law enforcement officer, or a soldier overseas. So quality is of the utmost value to them. Every component of a BCM rifle is hand assembled and tested by Americans and Heartland, Wisconsin, to a life-saving standard. BCM has always put people before their products. This is an incredible company. They make reliable, life-saving tools. They work with lead instructors of marksmanship from top levels of American Special Forces, from Marine Force Recon to the U.S. Army Special Forces, connecting them with other Americans. To learn more about Bravo Company Manufacturing, head over to bravocompanymfg.com. That's bravocompanymfg.com. FG.com, where you can discover more about their products, special offers, and upcoming news. Look at their products. Their product line is incredible. That's Bravo Company, MFG.com. You need more convincing? Find out more about BCM and the awesome people who make their products at YouTube.com slash Bravo Company USA. Check them out. Okay. So I put an article up uh, by the American Thinker that covers the Daily Caller piece because they're both linked in there and they're such good pieces. I, the link is in uh, in the American Thinker piece to the Daily Caller piece, and I encourage you to read them, read them both. And the Daily Caller piece is written by a Trump administration insider. Joe, have you heard this story? Because it's, it's, uh, no, it's so good. Apparently, according to this insider, Trump has succeeded again in setting a massive trap for the liberal Democrats opposing his border wall. <laughs> and the trap is working out wonderfully for him at this point. Here's what's going on. I'm going to try to explain to you the piece in a couple short bullets. Number one, the insider, who again, I have no reason that, and the Daily Caller is a more than reputable publication. They would not put this out, Joe, if they didn't know who this person was. In other words, someone just didn't send in some anonymous piece. They know who the person right. is, right? right? It's a senior administration official inside the Trump team who's making a very serious allegation that upwards of, eight, this is his piece, 85%, or her, I don't know who it is, 85% of the people right now working within the federal bureaucracy are working there for two reasons. To thwart Trump or to waste time. This is the allegation. You, whether you believe it or not, you'll have to read the piece. And he's talking about the bureaucracy. He's not talking about soldiers. He's not talking about law enforcement. Mm-hmm. He's talking about the federal bureaucracy. It's clear from the tone of the piece. Mm-hmm. People within the federal bureaucracy are there for to basically shut down the Trump agenda. What Trump has figured out through these uh, through this twenty plus day shutdown now, Joe is when these 85% of non-essential employees are not around, they're actually getting more done because the 15% of the people left are all the decision makers. Well, it gets better. This is, and Joe's laughing his butt off. This is when this video is going to be nice, so stay tuned. You're going to love it. Trump has figured out his administration that things are actually getting done now because they go to the decision makers in these agencies and the 85% of the lower level bureaucrats, again, not the law enforcement military folks, but the bureaucrats who have been stopping the non-essential employees who've been stopping and thwarting the Trump agenda, Joe, are not there to do any darn thing about it. So the Trump team has found efficiency in getting things done and, and 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 removing this bureaucratic obstacle that's been there from day one. Keep in mind, this is not the way the government's supposed to function, folks. When the people in a republic select a president to head the executive branch, it is assumed in a normal functioning republic, Joe, that the will of the executive is going to be implemented by the bureaucrats in the executive branch. Uh, is anything I said there controversial, Joe? Nah, we're cool so far, dude. Yeah. 
Oh, okay, good. I, I, yeah. I, I, Joe's like, why'd you even say that? That was so dumb. Because it's not to liberals. Liberal thinks, liberals think the role of the executive branch bureaucrats are to stop an agenda they don't like. That is not how a republic functions, okay? Now that these 85% that the guy alleges or woman alleges are blocking in, uh, the implementation of the Trump agenda are gone, they are finding uh, unbelievable efficiencies now. But that's not the only part of the trap here. The allegation, oh, let me just read this from the from the Daily Caller piece. This is really good. It says, due to the lack of funding, many, many federal agencies are now operating more effectively from the top down on a fraction of their workforce with only select essential personnel serving national security tasks. President Trump can end this abuse. Senior officials can reprioritize during extended shutdown, focus on valuable results, and weed out the saboteurs. We do not want most employees to return. Because we are working better without them. Oh my gosh, is that a devastating indictment of where we are right now? But, but here is where the trap uh, it uh, was set. There is a reduction in force initiative in the federal workforce rules, Joe. That if you are furloughed, I'm using quotes here because that's the specific terminology used, and that's important. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that word. If you are furloughed as a bureaucrat within the federal government for a 30 day period or more which we're closing in on these RIF reduction in force rules are implemented where the president can move players around and start to reprioritize the workforce and let some people go. Hey mom, the meatloaf. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Again, I'm not talking about the people out there who are getting the job done. He clearly lays out in a piece that the people in the federal government going to work, getting their job done, doing the right thing, even during the shutdown, he's clear as day. You are valuable members of this government. The government can't function without you. This is clearly targeted towards the people in the federal government violating their oath of office by obstructing a duly elected president. And the president saying two things. Number one, beat it. We don't need you. We're working more efficiently without you. And number two, once that 30 day mark closes in, don't be surprised if we have an air traffic controller moment with Ronald Reagan. How about that? Now, <laughs> how about how about that? This is a great Whoa. piece. Now. Ronald Reagan, uh, Joe knows what I'm talking about for some of you younger listeners yeah. out there. Uh, the air traffic controllers thought it would be a good idea, uh, federal air traffic controllers, to play games with Ronald Reagan when he was president of the United States. Right. They thought they'd shut down the air traffic grid by going out on strike. Reagan promptly fired all the air traffic controllers, got the managers to take their job, and it was a huge, huge story at the time. I was very young, but I remember it like it was yesterday. I do, too. They learned not to, you remember that, Joe? They learned not to mess with Reagan again after that. Once we hit that 30-day mark, when the shutdown's gone on for 30 days, President Trump has a whole lot of flexibility to start saying, hey, um, what are you exactly doing in the bureaucracy? What's your job exactly? He's had no problem saying you're fired in the past. I'm just suggesting what the authors and insiders putting out there is, Nancy Pelosi and Chucky Schumer may be playing chicken with the wrong cat right now. This president, Joe, is not playing games. He is not jerking around, and he isn't playing the swamp rat game anymore. This guy is the exterminator of swamp rats. He comes in with the rat traps, just like the Terminex guy. 
He is not playing ball, folks. He's not playing ball with you. He is playing a long game. This guy has been strategically underestimated from the start. President Trump, his tax cut plan, they never saw that coming. It kicked him right in the teeth, the Democrats. They never thought he had the moxie to get it through. His deregulatory push, his appointment of Gorsuch, his appointment of Kavanaugh, what may be another appointment some point in the future, his, uh, his, uh, his appointments on the federal bench at the district and circuit level, they never saw this coming. They have chronically underestimated this guy. Pelosi and Chucky Schumer thought they understood the game. Remember Nancy Pelosi's line? I'm a master legislator. Are you, Nance? Mm -hmm. You sure? Did you not see that little angle? Once this 30-day mark hits, folks, don't be surprised at all if you see reduction in force measures taking place and people being asked who are obstructing the president's agenda not to come back at all. Wow. One more time. They stepped on it. They sat there. They <laughs> underestimated this guy. And it's right. You didn't hear the story. You did can you? only hate somebody so much. So, I mean, if it lets these folks uh, right. go, it's, you know. It, you know, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck, it's like they, they, they're like drinking poison, hoping like their, their, uh, their enemy uh, gets hurt by it. They just don't understand. They have chronically underestimated this guy and his team. He is clearly a step ahead of him. I have no reason to doubt this piece was written by a legitimate insider. And if it was, it is clear that Nancy and Chuck better get something done real quick because once that 30-day mark hits, it's a whole different ballgame. All right, two more quick things I just want to get to that are in the show notes, an important story. Um, There is apparently another caravan forming. Uh, Folks, we're in a lot of trouble right here. This immigration debate has changed. Uh, The media doesn't want to tell you why it's changed. But these caravans with families are forming for a very simple reason. Um, A large swath of illegal immigration migrants into this country in the past folks was um young unemployed males or or uh, employed males in in mexico or central america looking for better jobs in the united states you got to be clear on this now what would happen if they were caught at the border it was relatively easy especially if they were uh from mexico to deport them uh based on the uh the, the way that the system works now when families are involved, of course, liberals figured this out in their uh, you know, zeal to open our borders. When families are involved in children, Flores kicks in. We can't hold children in detention facilities for more than 20 plus days, roughly. The children have to be set free because we don't have the ability to hold the families. Typically, the family members are set free, too. In other words, liberals figured out that if we trek children in a very dangerous trek across our borders, some of who have suffered greatly. If we do that, we can get people into the country, release them into the country. We'll engage in a large scale amnesty later. We clear on that because that's how the debate has changed now. Now that the debate has changed and activists in Central America and elsewhere figured out if we put children in the caravan, too, we can get the families into the country in an amnesty measure later because they'll release them because of Flores, the Flores consent decree. These caravans are going to form on a regular basis now. There's another one forming in Honduras. I have a piece in the show notes up at my website. Please check it out, folks. This is never, ever going to stop until we do something about Flores or we change our immigration rules. It's never going to stop. Um, one last story. The former candidate for governor almost won the uh, governor's race in uh, in Georgia. Stacey Abrams, again, on this immigration line, was uh, actually openly admitted in an interview yesterday that she, quote, wouldn't oppose non-citizens voting. 
Folks, don't laugh this off. Don't say, oh, it's crazy radical leftists. What do you mean it wouldn't oppose non-citizens voting? Ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens. You get a Beto, Andrew Gillum, Stacey Abrams, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren type radical leftists. They propose a radical idea that initially people are like, oh, I'm not so sure. And all of a sudden it becomes mainstream within the party. This is the next step. Do not play this stuff down. Non-citizens voting, basically the entire globe walking into the United States using children as a way to get in or visa overstaying and becoming effectively voting representatives in the United States to vote away your tax dollars and your voting rights. Read the story. You can see the clip for yourself. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Please subscribe to the podcast. It's free. Please subscribe on iTunes. Uh, if you don't have an iOS device, you can follow on iHeart. If you go to iHeartRadio, you look up the Dan Bongino Show, please click the follow button. You can, all follow, you can also follow us on SoundCloud and Spotify. It helps us a lot. It is completely free to you, but it helps us move up the charts. Thanks for tuning in, folks. I really appreciate it. I will see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen.